Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Dr. Karthik Ramanan. He goes by Dr. K. Welcome to the show today. Uh, He is a naturopathic physician and an emotional health mentor. And we're going to jump right in. And uh, Dr. K, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Absolutely. Uh, Gabby, I'm I'm really excited to be on the show today. Um, Well, this might be a easier way to explain what I do is to explain why I do it. So uh, rewind about 11 years at this point, and I was in a unique spot in life. Uh, I remember distinctly standing at the window of my studio apartment in uh, downtown Jersey City overlooking uh, the New Jersey horizon. I was working on Wall Street at the time, and I had this whole place to myself for the first time in my life, lived by myself. Uh, I had paid off my student loans, my parents' credit card debt. I'd given more to charity than I ever thought I could at that age. Um, and I, I had worked really hard to get to that moment. I was the fastest to be promoted to um, the level that I was at in my department. And uh, everything was going in my favor, except I hated the man in the mirror. And I didn't understand how I could do all the things that society says you need to do in order to be successful and happy. And yet I wasn't. And yet I was still struggling to uh, really come to terms with who I was. I I didn't know what that was. And so I would go to work. I'd put on my uh, figurative mask, so to speak. And I uh, I I would be the high performer that everybody knew that I was. However, inside, nobody knew the struggle that was going on. Uh, this disconnect between who I was, the life I was living, and uh, the the truth of who I was. And I didn't know who that person was at the time. And so uh, it was at a time when uh, dating wasn't going so well. And uh, I was was really starting to question my self-worth at an even deeper level. I was already very self-critical to begin with. uh, But at a certain point, you get to a rock bottom. And for anyone that's listening that might be at that place or close to that place, I will say this. Rock bottom can be one of two things. It can be a place where you stay or it can be the best thing that ever happened to you. And I've been in that spot a couple times. And whenever that's happened, the launch pad has been remarkable. So what happened at that time was Uh, I was also significantly overweight. I was looking at my career going, I'm not sure I want to continue. I was already about uh, six to seven years in and I didn't, but I didn't know what my calling was. I didn't have any of those things. I hit rock bottom. I didn't know where I was going in life and nobody knew that I was suffering in silence. And so uh, around that time, I saw my my sister after a three month uh, window of time, my younger sister. And so she had come back from her, um, her spring break. Uh, to visit my parents. So I went upstate to see everybody. And in the three months since I had seen her, she had lost 30 pounds. Her cystic acne had cleared up. She looked absolutely incredible. And her her energy, her her confidence, like everything about her had shifted dramatically in just three months. And before I even asked her the question of what she did, I knew that I was just at that moment where I was willing to do anything. That's what rock bottom affords you. It's your willingness to say yes and try things that you wouldn't have been willing to do otherwise. So I asked her, 
you know, what did you do? You look incredible. And she goes, oh, I've just been eating a, a whole food plant-based diet, mostly raw foods. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Tell me what that means. Uh, I've just been eating fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, just as they're found from the earth. I said, okay, all right, whatever. Show me how to do this, right? Because when I saw her succeed, I knew, okay, we're genetically similar. So <laughs> if it worked for you, it'll work for me. So uh, I, I just embarked on, instead of going wholesale changes, which I had in the past, I'd done, okay, you know what? I'm starting P90X today. Oh, I'm starting Insanity today. And I would, I would, or I'm, I'm giving up gluten today or, or I'm giving up processed foods. And I would always do this and then get some degree of success and then plateau and get frustrated and go back um, and just give up. And what I realized was that that all or nothing mentality later on, I realized was, um, is a means that we use to self-sabotage this time. I don't know where it came from, but I had the wisdom to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to gradually lean into this and just see what happens. So I just slowly changed one meal a day to all plants and saw what happened. And I said, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, I guess. And um, the second week I said, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Why don't I give myself two cheat meals, which I, now I really don't like that term, but, uh, that's what I called it back then. And, uh, both of those times that that happened, I felt like crap. And so the third week I said, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go all in. And I felt great. And three weeks later, I, that was the other thing I used to do. I used to step on the scale every day just to make myself feel bad pretty much. And so, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't step on the scale at all during that time. And I noticed my clothes were changing. So I said, ah, I got to do it. I stepped on the scale after three weeks. I was at the lowest weight I'd ever been as an adult. And that's when my mind blew open. And I said, wait a second. Maybe the life that I wanted, the body that I wanted, the confidence that I wanted, the, maybe the relationship, all that stuff. What if the only thing holding me back from all that, all this time, was me? It was the belief that I could never do it, even though I kept trying and working hard. But if you don't believe first, the actions never truly follow. And so that opened my eyes to the possibility of, whoa, okay, I don't know what I can become, but I'm just going to enjoy this ride. And so uh, true to myself, I never told anybody at work what I was doing or uh, let people into my personal life. And so, uh, but I'd bring my jars of green juice to the office and I'd, I'd get the questions every so often, like, what, what is that you're drinking? You know, and uh, I'd explain what it was and and then people would notice, okay, he's losing weight, whatever. And um, the same same guys that would kind of poke fun at me later would pull me aside and say, hey, um, got this uh, wedding I'm going to in a couple of weeks. Uh, do you have any <laughs> advice? I can't get in my suit just a little too tight. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, people lost weight, but I saw type two diabetes go away, hypertension, chronic migraines. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but this is incredible. The ful the fulfillment I felt from seeing their gratitude was just like, I, I got to do this for a living. I got to figure out what this is. And so, um, I did some more research and, and I started realizing, okay, we've, we've got an incredible medical system for a lot of things. However, the, the thought process is somewhat akin to, do I have a headache because of the lack of Advil in my system? Hmm. So what am I doing fundamentally with my body and mind that has deviated us from our natural state of things that allows us to function the way we were designed to function? And so I realized the importance of, you know, real food, 
the importance of moving our body, the importance of sleep and all of these things. And in the process, I said, okay, well, how do I make this my career? So I found out about naturopathic medicine and I moved to Arizona about 10 years ago now. And, um, and, um, went just, I gave up my old career. And in the process, I thought, you know what, this is a chance to reinvent who I am. I'm going to a place where nobody knows me. If there's ever a chance to reinvent who I was to myself and to the world around me, this was it. And so I, I, uh, I took out a sheet of paper on the plane over here and I said, what does Dr. K the future look like? The guy that I'm trying to build, what are his habits, routines, mentalities? Who does he spend time with? What's his uh, morning rituals? What's, what does he eat? What does he not eat? Who does he spend time with? Who does he not spend time with? What books does he read? Does he read? I didn't used to read books. I started, re- got an audible subscription. Right? And I started doing the things that the ideal future version of me would do. And in doing so, I moved closer and closer into that person. Uh, and as I went through medical school and I started working with patients, I realized, um, you know, we can come up with uh, a lifestyle oriented treatment plan for, let's say, type 2 diabetes for somebody. When they come back a month later, they haven't done anything. They haven't changed anything. I realized, okay, you know what? Healing starts and ends up here, just like it did for me. And so I had this passion of diving deeper into emotional health from a different perspective right because we have we have the 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 counseling the psychotherapy side incredibly valuable in certain respects for certain people and i think everybody can benefit there's the psychiatry side where the pharmaceutical interventions can be incredibly appropriate and helpful for certain people in certain circumstances but what i felt was missing was this concept of if i have a plant that's dying right let's say this plant back here is is not doing so well right <laughs> if don't look at my plant. <laughs> yeah, right? So if I were to ask you, Gabby, all right, help me. Okay. Maybe you're not the person to ask, but if I were to ask, you know, what does that plant need to thrive? We'd say, okay, maybe we could change uh, its location, get close to the window, could, uh, change the soil, um, any other nutrients that might be missing, uh, fill in the blanks, right? Water. And yet, why don't we think that way for us as human beings? What do we need? to be emotionally healthy. And so I came up with this five pillar concept of emotional health, which is the foundation of what I teach today. And it's number one, your psychology, your belief systems about yourself, uh, the lens through which you see the world. It's uh, largely some of the things that we address through therapy. Um, History of trauma goes in there, but also your emotional intelligence, your ability to understand why we think, act and feel a certain way at certain times um, and understanding what our triggers are, understanding how to self-regulate when we are triggered, uh, those things. Number two, your relationships. You know, we've heard we're the average of the five people and ideas that we spend the most time with. And it's very true. You know, your environment is the greatest source of shifting your, not only your belief patterns, but your, the actions that you take. We adapt to our surroundings. We adapt to the people around us. So one of the easiest ways you know, when you, when you're talking about getting um, fit and healthy, this is why I think it's so important to, because I used to go about my fitness journey alone, right? I, I didn't want to go to the gym or hire a trainer, even though I absolutely could have. I didn't want to because I felt so ashamed. So I wanted to work out at home. And yes, it was helpful to me in some respects, but at the same time, it was, uh, it was lacking, you know, specific direction for my needs, but also it was lacking community. community. It was lacking people to grow with, because when you're around that energy and you're around that mentality, it becomes so much easier. 
because the reality is that you're mo- that's not most people. You have to seek out growth seeking individuals. And so that's really powerful. Number three, nutrition, right? This was my journey to emotional health was through optimizing my gut microbiome. And so this was something that, you know, I, I didn't understand how, okay, listen, what, you know, I was, there was one day I was feeling down, right? Just because it happens, right? Or the uh, pendulum swing. And I said, instead of sitting in this suffering, I'm going to go make myself a green juice. And the, I kid you not, the first sip that I had, I could almost feel this is it wasn't a physical tingling sensation, but it was akin to that in terms of almost feeling like I was waking up and it would, it just enlivened me, help me feel alive again. And in that moment, that was all that was needed. And, and what I realized, um, you know, through consistent nutrition change and, and my journey of losing a hundred pounds and everything else that went into it was that the, the emotional side is the part that just rarely gets talked about that when you, you are what you eat. And if your thoughts are such a big part of who you are, then, uh, or this, this, this aspect of living, then we have to optimize how we eat, uh, to feel better. But then when you dive into the science of it, you know, 90 to 95% of our neurotransmitters come from our gut and they're not made by us. They're made by the bacteria that live in our gut. And so instead of thinking about, okay, this nutrient is good for this purpose in the body, feed the guys that are making your, uh, making your body thrive. And it's not just your emotional health. It's your immune function. It's your hormone balance. It's your metabolic function. And we're just starting to find everything that goes on through uh, the compounds like the short chain fatty acids, the butyrates, et cetera, that, uh, that these um, gut microbes are producing for us and how they influence various aspects of our body through, um, uh, through almost acting like hormones. And so, uh, so nutrition is number three, number four, sleep. It was the first thing to go for me. Anytime I was busy, it's the first thing to go for people. I think that are high achieving, you know, hustle, grind, that kind of thing. But the reality is that, you know, our brain health is vital. Like sleep is vital to our brain health. Um, it's when our brain heals, regenerates, detoxifies. It's when we process the day's events, commit things to long-term memory. And we've all felt when we are short on sleep, our emotional resilience is not strong. Right. And so, uh, that that's just one example, but sleep is a vital component, high quality, deep enough sleep is, is vital for us to thrive with our emotional health. And number five, body movement, motion dictates emotion. You got a whole podcast on, on, uh, motion and, uh, you know, staying, staying fit. So obviously we've all felt when we move our body, we feel better. Right. And it's not just the short-term effects. It's, it's the long-term effects too. constant low grade motion. In addition to the exercise, uh, is vital for our emotional health. And so the long answer to what I do is, is through the story there. Um, but I, I help, uh, high achieving individuals and companies optimize, uh, their emotional health and ultimately move past burnout and, uh, live the life that they've wanted to live. Yeah. <laughs> That is a, that's a lot, but I I love that you touch on all those things because they're all so important. Uh, One of the things I wanted to kind of point out, uh, you did touch on gut health and I think it is so important that we're finding out so much about it uh, recently that um, it connects so much to our emotions as well. It's our immune system. It's our emotions. It's, it's 
so much in our body that we we never really realized. Um, but the nutrition aspect as well, uh, a lot of times people use food as a punishment also, or use the the um, uh, the scale as a punishment. Mm -hmm. And those things, it, we don't realize that we're doing that either. So you're kind of trying to point out things that you're using, you know, you have triggers and you have, um, uh, you have these emotions, you have these feelings, and then you step on the scale and then you go eat a pack of Oreos or whatever it is. And then you're punishing yourself for certain things. So you're, that you're pointing out or that you're touching on all of these separate points and separate uh, things that need to be touched on is is very very important because they they all come together to make a well-rounded person as well so I, I think that's really really great um but as a health mentor and with your program how exactly does how does that work how does it work when you work with an individual or when you work with a company yeah so it's uh there's three general ways that i work with people uh one-on-one -on -one. Uh, it's a mentorship, health, emotional health mentorship mastery uh, program. Uh, number two is through group uh, workshops. So actually right now I'm doing one called Good Mood Plant Food, how to utilize more whole plants in your diet to give you the fiber that is the precursor to a lot of these short chain fatty acids that your gut microbes need. Uh, but it's not just the, okay, why is it important from the science standpoint, but uh, the practical aspects. But even before that, I think the part that, that rarely gets talked about is what is the emotional connection to food? You know, this idea that of we are what we eat and we're so tied to our memories. You know, I, I had a conversation in that class recently, uh, a gentleman that, um, you know, his, his biggest uh, food addiction, so to speak, is um, big chunky chocolate chip cookies and milk, right? And as we talked about it, so what, why is that important to you? What does that remind you of? And he just went back to his childhood and the gentleman's like 70 years old now. Right. But it goes all the way back to his childhood and how his mom used to make those. And it just, um, it brings him back. It brings him that joy. And so we can, if we can understand where, what, what our payoffs are from our food, we can get those payoffs in other ways and then use food as a fuel instead of punishment, instead of reward, let, allowing food to not be the social lubricant as well. I mean, just think about it. We, how, how many meetings do we go to or dates or anything else, right? Where food, the parties, right? It, food has them. to be there. <laughs> all of them, all of them. It is the social lubricant. And yet, um, you know, it, and so that 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 influences how we see food. But the reality is that if we can start to understand what our belief systems are about ourselves and what are the things that we do to make some of those negative belief systems true. So for instance, for me, I believe that uh, I was um, just an unfit person that I would never be healthy. Um, and so in doing so, it gives you a mechanism to self-sabotage through food. You can either punish yourself like, Oh, you're a, you know, fill in the blank, uh, and eat something that's not helping you or, uh, use it as a celebration. Hey, I did well today. I'm going to treat myself to such and such. But in the end, th some of those foods, they either move you away from the person you want to be, 
or move you toward the person you want to be. So the way that I, I teach people to think about food is uh, every piece of food you eat is a vote toward the person that you want to be, which direction you want to go. It's just a choice. So anyway, that's the group workshops. I have that. Uh, we have a relationships one that I teach with my wife called Loving Me, Loving You. Um, my favorite one, and self-criticism, so personal to me. How do we stop the negative voice in our head, start becoming our own best friend, not our own harshest critic, um, and uh, others throughout the year. So I have that insiders club where uh, we have a, a community of growth seekers where we can, where, where we spend that time together in the courses and also support ourselves outside of it. Uh, and then at a company level, it includes some of the above two. So all the employees get access to the courses. Um, and I work closely with the uh, ownership, the leadership, and uh, do uh, group workshops or live streams, depending on where they're located, uh, for uh, the teams. Because fundamentally, uh, emotionally healthy employees are happy employees, and happy employees are productive employees um, who enjoy going to work. Who like ultimately, when you can work at a place where you feel like you're not only just growing in your career, but you're growing as a person, uh, it's it makes sense for everybody. They're happier. The company's better off because they you're not work spending better as much, together. Yeah, they work better <laughs> together. There's less drama. Um, management can go back to managing strategy and everything else, and not putting out personal fires. Um, and so uh, it just it just becomes a much better experience overall. So one on one group and with companies. Can we go back to the self criticism? Um, yeah, I I love that. I think every person on earth does that. Uh, I think that's so huge. No matter what, no matter if, I think especially now with with as huge as social media is and as, as much technology as we have, we can see so much. And we may look at other people and think, wow, that person is, is perfect or wow, look at them. But even that person on the other side of the lens, they criticize something about themselves as well. And that's a really, really big one because being perfect and being what we might think is perfect or or you know having this ideal image of what we should be is i think bigger than ever now so uh, kind of changing that that mindset or changing that ideal and that emotion connected behind that is is a big deal so can you can you touch a little bit more on that and what that what that workshop does and how you help people through that yeah absolutely so None of us are born being self-critical. Because we're cute and, little fat babies. <laughs> right? So if anybody's watched a baby learn how to walk, what does that look like? They fall and they get back up. Right. They fall, they get back up, they fall, they get back up. It's not pretty. And eventually, eventually they walk a couple steps and then continue to fall. And eventually, eventually they walk. And so, but when think about us as adults, how many times have we picked up something new, right? Maybe it was a hobby that we always wanted to try, new language we wanted to learn, maybe a project at work uh, or going out on the first date in a long time, whatever it is for us, right? And we expect it to go perfectly. We expect ourselves to perform perfectly. And when we don't, the first time we say, well, this is not for me. I guess not, right? And so what does that tell us? If we had that adult mentality when we were kids, when we were babies, none of us would be walking, right? <laughs> we'd, all, we'd all be 
on our bellies. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody would have been able to invent like a wheelchair or something at that point, if we were all on our belt, I don't know. Anyway, alternate universe. So um, we, uh, we, we somewhere along the way learned that. And for everybody, it's a little bit different. And so one of the things that I, I do in that course, um, and I will say that for certain people, and this is where it's really important to understand, you know, with my background as a naturopathic physician and uh, working really closely with counselors and therapists with um, psychiatry as well is understanding when somebody needs which route, right? There's certain, certain individuals, if they've been through specific types of trauma, especially, especially, um, having something powerful like EMDR is, is really the way to go first. Um, and the way that I look at what I bring to the table is afterward, when you have some of those specific things addressed, now let's set the table for emotional health. And so with respect to with uh, self-criticism, when we can understand how did we start developing that belief system, right? What happened in our childhood that allowed us to cope the best way that we could at the time with our minds at the time that are really simple things. And a lot of them are stem from, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for my parents. Maybe we got, you know, something happened that we made that, decision for ourselves. It could have been a divorce, could have been a, you know, witnessing an argument could have been whatever it was. And that's the way that we coped with it. And then later as we grew up, maybe there was bullying. Um, what was in my case for sure. Um, go to, I'm just, uh, relaying, uh, you know, a couple of things I've also been through as well. And so, uh, high school, let's say, you know, we got dumped or, uh, rejected. Um, maybe we go to, um, college and uh, maybe some of those stories continue or uh, our first job, maybe we lose a job, right? And all of these things start to stack on each other and say, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. And the truth is that as we start to see ourselves that way, we in some ways make those situations true by putting ourselves in situations that allow them to be true. For instance, with me, okay, I'm, I'm not good enough to be you know, fit and healthy, I'm going to do P90X and kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> which myself was great. But, I, be, but I had to then be like, okay, now that I, I finished the 90 days and I started regaining weight. No, I got to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to like properly set myself up. Nothing against P90X. I think no, it was phenomenal for yes. what it was at the time. Like it was the kickstart that I needed. I don't think if I, ha if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have believed that I could take even the next step. Right. Sure, sure. So it's uh, it, 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 the thing is that it all needs to come together. So with end self-criticism, when we can look at where, where do we come from and understand that who we are now is largely a reflection of the past, but we can just as powerfully create a vision of our future self and live into that vision, something that honors our past, the superpowers that we have gained from our past, which almost always come from pain and then use that to leverage the best version of us to create the future. And so um, it's, it's just a different way of thinking about who we are rather than, because essentially it's almost like, imagine if you had walked around your whole life with sunglasses on, you would have thought the world is dim, not so colorful. And 
sure, it might be helpful in bright sunlight, but it's not great in all situations. And then one day you take the sunglasses off and you can see clearly for the first time in your life. That's what it's like. It's the lens through which you see the world, the lens of self-criticism. Once that gets removed, now the language in your head stops being, I'm a failure or, oh, I'm such an idiot to, I feel like a failure right now, but that's okay. Or not, I'm an idiot, but oh, I made a mistake. All right. How do I fix this? How can I learn from this? It's a very different way of going about it because the, I, the language that identifies ourselves as a failure, not good enough, et cetera, versus just separating facts from feelings and saying, okay, yeah, I, I did this. Didn't work out. What can I learn? Let's move forward. It's, it just unlocks everything in your life. Yeah, Whatever sure. you, route you take or want to do, whether it's the fitness, whether it's your um, career, whether it's personal life, um, everything improves when you stop getting in your own way. Absolutely. For sure. I think, I think we're all a little bit in our own way. I think we all kind of have a little self-doubt. Every, everybody, everybody has a little self-doubt and we're all, we all have a little bit of fear of change and a little bit of fear of trying something new because we have a, a, we're afraid to fail. And failure is okay because it shows us how to do something better or how to, how to do something different. You know, maybe you can't do it this way, so try a different way and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's absolutely okay to do something incorrectly to learn how to do it the correct way. Just like you said, just learning how to walk, okay? you do it once. And I mean, uh, uh, the saying goes, you know, it's, it's you know, the first time you do something is the worst time you do something. You're never going to do it that way again. Right. So you're going to do it better the next time and better the next time and better the next time. It's like playing sports or, or learning to play an instrument or whatever you do every single time you do it, you're going to get better at it. So just keep going and, and keep trying. So um, so you work, you don't just work with people here in, you know, Phoenix, Tempe area. You, you work with people all over, correct? That's right. Yeah. I, uh, I do have an office here for anyone local. Uh, we can, uh, work one-on-one -on -one here at the office. Um, but I also see uh, a lot of folks on zoom, uh, that was prior to the pandemic too. So I was, I was all set up, ready to go and, uh, then got back in person, but also I'm able to see people anywhere. And so, um, it's, it's to me, this is about like, this is my purpose, right. To be able to help people get out of their way, own way to find theirs and live in theirs and live fulfilling lives. And, um, you know, I think with my background, understanding that sometimes checking the boxes doesn't actually get you to where you want to be. And when you live in a vision of what you think other people expect of you versus, living the life that you want to design for yourself. It's a totally different way of being that makes life so much more fulfilling. Yeah, I agree. So if anybody wants to get a hold of you, anybody personally or any companies want to get a hold of you to work with them personally or work with their employees, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for uh, to find me on social media, you can search Dr. Karthik Ramanan. I'm on YouTube, on Instagram, uh, and, uh, TikTok and, and the, uh, and all the main platforms. Uh, and then as far as if you want to join any of my online workshops, um, the best way is to go to my website, 
drkarthikramanan.com, or you can go a uh, shortcut. You can go to joininsidersclub.com. And that's the quickest way to get access to all my courses. So for instance, right now, um, you know, I, um, we finished up supporting self, which is eight weeks to put all the five pillars of emotional health together, um, ended at the end of last year. So if you see that course and you're like, yeah, that's really cool. I want to do, well, I'm not doing that as a live course until this end of this year. However, if you wanted to jump in, insiders members can do any course at any time. We have office hours. You can come ask your questions, get, get support that way. And you're around, you ever been around people that in your life that are just negative and they don't, even when you're growing and let's say losing weight, getting fit, they're not really celebrating you, right? <laughs> because unfortunately, some people see that as you distancing yourself from them and they 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 react negatively to that. And so uh, it's really important to be around other growth-seeking individuals. And that's where the Insiders Club is really powerful. Uh, and if you are um, if you are a company, you can go to also on my website, but shortcut there, emotionally healthy company up emotionallyhealthycompany.com and uh, you can uh, set up a, a conversation with me to discuss if we're a good fit to work together. Awesome. Well, I will have all of those links in my show notes as well. Uh, so you can find all that in my show notes also. And uh, Dr. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, love being on. And, um, you know, again, if uh, any anyone listening out there, if you, if uh, I, I'll just leave you with this. Stop chasing joy. Begin living in wonder. I believe in your greatness. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Dr. K, for coming on the show. And uh, we will see everyone next week. 